Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. Stay tuned for a new episode of the Mangina Dialogues. Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged. This is the Mangina Dialogues. We at it again. With your host, Nick Scopes. And the Gregolicious. You know how we do, because you know we keeping it gangster and silly. Unplugged like a fool swung titty. About get kitty. Cause you know we down to the nitty and the gritty. And we make shit sound so damn pretty. Yeah. Cause this unhinged comedy. And right now you're in the mix. So get ready. Cause we about to get it poppin'. And we ain't stopping. I'm educated, unfiltered, unhinged. Hello. And welcome to the Mangina Dialogues podcast. I am your host. Nick Scopes. And I have officially dropped the nickname, and it's just straight Greg Alperin from here. Oh, my God. Incredible. It only (laughs) took him 50 years. Okay. (laughs) And 123 episodes. Yeah. (laughs) Finally (laughs) dropped it. We'll fill you in in a second, Esther. Uh, (laughs) Our guest today is the very funny... Esther Steinberg, who also holds a world record for the biggest baby in Tampa, Florida. Thank you. Woo-hoo. I hold a record for my big baby in Tampa. Go Bandits or Buccaneers. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Go Bucks, baby. I mean, people are really hyped about Tom Brady. Yeah. He's incredible, man. This is going to be his 10th Super Bowl that he's been in. I think he picked the worst team in the worst city to be like, if these people can win, <laughs> it's me. I'm the factor. Yeah, it really. I mean, yeah. it's just a I way to prove that, yeah. that you're. Yeah, you pick the shitty team and you win the Super Bowl with that shit team. I'm in a pool right now, and I because I don't even like to do pools, but they, but I was I did a pool, and I'm in first place because I bet on Tampa Bay. Good for you. Are you a big football fan? No, but I like, you know, I like the joy that it brings people. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's like cute and fun and there's like s- good spirited celebration. I just like everything but the, the game. I love women's explanations of sports. I love it's like, do you like football? They're like, no, I just like the mascots or like mm-hmm. the helmet. I like jerseys. I'm wearing a jersey. Like it's Marlon. Yeah. Oh, Marlon. Right. It's like, oh, she's cute. She likes sports. Okay, there are some women who love sports. And yeah. I am absolutely the opposite. I am a woman who secretly hates it, but like likes the light fun the fun the tailgate yeah that's like uh i had i remember i remember this vividly my college girlfriend i'm a new york giants fan and we were watching giants versus the cardinals and we were watching and arizona scored a touchdown and she goes oh my god the bird team scored <laughs> yeah, basically. and I, i'll never forget i was like what I used to Google like whoever's on the field. I would take their names like Google and be like, they did this, they did that, they cheated on their wife and beat their dog. <laughs> and I would just ruin the game for everyone. I don't do that anymore. Except yeah, no. So but you grew you're from Tampa. Like you grew up yes. in Tampa. I grew up in Tampa. I was the only Jew here. So I, that was my follow-up. <laughs> you're the only Jew there. I am curious about what it's like growing up in tampa florida like florida super intrigues me about people that are from florida like grew up in florida like what that is like because you know when you think of florida tampa has its own thing like the tampa Mm -hmm. Clearwater, all that those places are like they they're their own world right Mm -hmm. so you then go to orlando and fuck orlando that is the worst place on earth thank you tampa and orlando are feuding they they call it the happiest place on earth it's the fucking worst place on earth i mean it's miserable it is terrible but like when did you leave tampa i left tampa when i was 18 and to be perfectly honest i had a very adorable upbringing i had like 
I, I just, it just feels like a small town in the South. It feels like a football town. I was a cheerleader. I had all these friends that were like adorable and blonde and everyone was like studying to go to UF or FSU. And like, then they move back home and have a bunch of kids and it just seems very simple. Right. But for some reason, I just had big dreams for myself. And I was like, I'm going to live in New York and I'm better than you. And I'm sophisticated. And I just totally took on this persona, like in high school that I was going to be a New Yorker and I'm better than Florida. But now that I'm like old, I'm 30. I'm like, Tampa's a great (laughs) town. It's got the beach. I just like making fun of how bad the education is and how dumb the people are. And Yeah, it's in it. It is. It's. It's. I don't know why it's funny. I have a friend, a very good family friend, that's in the that went to University of Tampa, and he's in like the Tampa College Sports Hall of Fame and stuff, and that's constantly nice. like will like send me a thing. Oh, they're having a Hall of Fame thing at University of Tampa, and I'm like, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But and you know, I mean, it is cool. But like, what makes Tampa different from say Miami? I mean, oh, it's a beach oh, okay. town. Right. So like Tampa's history is amazing. It was all started by Jose Gaspar, who's a pirate, and hence the entire city is pirate themed. And there is an this everyone's obsessed with pirates, like to a point where you're like, what the hell's going on? And then there's this huge Gasparilla parade, which is like Mardi Gras, yeah. where like millions of people go out on the streets and like flash their titties. And a couple of things that like are streamlined in Tampa, which is like the love of pirates. The love of titties, like the love of titties goes so deep in this town, whether it's like, it's just a titty town. There's, I think the plastic surgery is like outrageous. Like titty Tampa, Tampa loves titties and titties love Tampa. And then (laughs) titty Tampa is where titties go to get a job. And then on top of that. No, no, no. That's clear water. Clear water is where titties (laughs) go to get a job. Not Tampa. And then it's, you know, um, kind of strung out, pilled out, a little drunk by the beach. So I feel like a real tipsy mood, uh, five o'clock somewhere, and then you have got pirates. But it was all started by pirates, which means that they embody like this rebellion, like anti-system, I don't know, whatever pirates stand for. That's that's Tampa. Yeah, and they're like, we're going to get our treasure. It's, they're really, and then, you know there's different there's the snootier parts or they think they're like rich and snooty and you're like you're in tampa relax <laughs> like they're they really think that they're like rich and fancy and i'm like but you're not you're in tampa right well you just sold Nick magic, on mike, tampa. magic mike took place in tampa right yeah i mean i would Great love movie. channing tatum would like come back i feel like the strippers are you know subpar although they're probably going to ship in all the best strippers for the super bowl Bowl. yeah yeah i'm on my way down they've gotten all the strippers vaccinated early to make sure hey they're first responders and they are essential workers (laughs) it's definitely definitely in tampa they are essential workers i mean it's a titty town we just figured out (laughs) It is. It's also it's, a, it's pretty drunk. And it was fun growing up and being like, let's let's throw a house party. Let's get in trouble. It, it had a Dylan Panthers Friday Night Lights, like a yeah. tinge of that in my high school. Well, the, the USFL team that was, you know, the, the short lived football league from the mid 80s, the Tampa Bay team was the Tampa Bay Bandits weird but yeah. still outlaws. Total outlaws. Outlaws. <laughs> We're rebels. Ride or die. Mm-hmm. So why are you back in Tampa? Because, so I have this, a baby, which is nuts. I never really wanted a baby. And now I have a baby (laughs) and it's so much work. And I literally don't trust anyone. I mean, it's COVID. So I can't just like dump him off at a preschool, especially since he's, you know, seven months old. So I'm, I'm using my parents and I'm also avoiding the cold weather because I was in New York in Brooklyn in a two bedroom apartment and my apartment's amazing, except for if you have to be there. Right. 
like New York apartments were not meant to be lived in. They were meant to be, you sleep, you wake up and you do your thing. And I'm just like, oh fuck, we have to stay inside of this apartment. And so we just made the decision, let's go down and live in a house in Florida near my mom, not too close, like 20 minutes. And so she babysits all the time and she loves it. And she's doing great and I'm doing great. And my grandparents are all 90 years old. I have three grandparents and they're old as hell. So I'm kind of using this time to, you know, connect with my family and get free babysitting. That's awesome. That's cool. So you guys rented a place. You're not staying with your parents. Yeah. And it's like a friend's place, which is perfect because no lease, no like, (laughs) Yeah, I can't. I I don't no. think I could put my name on a lease and be like, I don't know when I'm gonna leave when right. I get sick of it. <laughs> I would imagine like you're if you were staying with your parents, that it that would be very funny. That would be like a sitcom you'd have because your husband's very tall, very tall, and you've got this big baby, huge, <laughs> and, and you and then parents. You could <laughs> like you could drop him off at a preschool. He looks like he's three. I know we could just say he's three, but so kind he's of three. Like, yeah, but it's really Roll crazy. Order. My my dad is really enjoying having male energy because he has three daughters. Right. And so oh, he's awesome. just loving having a son-in-law and he talks sports with. And then he has a, he has an infant to take care of. Is your dad I, a I mean, big he, sports guy? Does he like he the- loves the gators and the buccaneers and the you know, he's just, he likes the Tampa. He's like a Tampa, Tampa. boy. Right, right, right. I yeah. make fun of him because I'm like, you've never left Tampa. Like he went to school at UF. I'm like, you're such a stereotypical frat boy from Gainesville. Right. That's funny. Well, you got to give it to him because if he's, if he's stuck with the Bucks this entire time, right? Yeah. They were obviously the worst team in football and sports for many, uh-huh. many years years and then they had a short run where they were great went to super bowl and then, Johnson. yeah right judge gruden With warren sap and yes, yes, yes. that, yes. that great, was a year great few great. years of football and then completely sucked again <laughs> and now they get tom fucking brady and they're in the super bowl like he's got to be the most psyched guy around all those so, he's so happy and it's offensive because I got married. I had a baby and like, I've still never seen my father this happy. (laughs) (laughs) Did he buy the baby a Brady Jersey yet? No, I don't think that's coming. The problem with buying the baby clothes is he grows out of them in two days. Oh, he should just buy him a full on Jersey, put him in it and be like, Oh, the kids. That's what we should do. Yeah. Brady Jersey. (laughs) We should absolutely get one. We should all get one. I, I, I actually, I told told my my son the other day. I'm like, you know, I've never, I today will root harder for Tom Brady than I've ever rooted for probably any football pl- individual football player in my life, just because it pisses me off so much that these New England fans, mm. <laughs> like all of a sudden, he leaves. And now they're all Tampa Bay fans. It's like they forgot that they are these diehard Patriots fans. And it's like now Tom TB12 is over there. Like we got to go get our TB12 jersey. It drives me fucking crazy. Well, it's either that or they hate him now. And they're like, he's the worst. So it's like, dude, he won you guys all the Super Bowls. Six of them. I think he won. I have not had found one person that I know who's a Brit, like a Patriots fan that's that's talked shit about Tom Brady. I know a handful that hate him now. Good. I don't like him either. <laughs> just like guys, we're not in the Marines. Like he was on a sports team. You never met him. Shut I just up. don't like the Patriots. Anyway, good luck to you and your father. <laughs> for the good Super luck Bowl. to my dad. Yeah, he's gonna have such a good year. I do think that they that. will. I I I I I really think that Brady will pull this out for them. It just makes. It's just we'll inevitable. It's like I think inevitable. so, too. I think they're on a roll and there's no question they're going to win. Yeah. Plus, Mahomes is hurt. And, you know, yeah. they, had, they had a great game yesterday, but it, I'm going to make two hundred and twelve dollars off this pool. Wow. Hands down, no question. Big money. And you can retire. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Who needs that comedy special money? Just stay in, stay in Florida. Get rid of that apartment in New York. Just retire. Stay in Florida. Uh, honestly, the houses are pretty cheap. I'm sure the houses there 
are cheaper than apartments in New York. Absolutely. Yeah. Like buy like half. Lots of zeros. Lots you of can get like a four bedroom house for three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so let's let's talk about your comedy special. It's actually let's talk about how you got started in comedy, right? So you leave Tampa, you go to college. Right? I wanted so I was really into stand up because my dad had completely brainwashed me. He did comedy in the 80s, like with Jeff Foxworthy and Sinbad when they were like, no way. Florida was very popular and it was like a comedy boom. And there was like a comedy place every block. I guess that's how it was described in the late <laughs> 80s. And then um, by the time I was like 16 or 17, it was like I was totally brainwashed to be really obsessed with comedy. And I loved it. And so I started to do it in Tampa, like during high school. And I thought it was like, kind of thought it was like, uh, oh, I'm, I'm just trying, I'm trying this out. It's stand up comedy. And it was really weird. Like 17 year old girl doing comedy, but I did it at side splitters, which now I know it's like the worst place ever to perform <laughs> stand up. but it was my first place. And I got a job there as a door girl and I interacted with all these different comedians and it was such a great learning experience. <laughs> that was a good, that was a good PC answer. Yeah. Like that. You should be a politician. That was yeah. good. I know. I was like, instead of me doing the entire comedy community, I'll just say I learned a lot. <laughs> no, it, we won't ask, it, we won't ask any further questions. It, nothing happened, but nothing, but everything happened. I felt like I witnessed everything. I felt like I grew up for like a hundred years in the like. Right year and a half that I worked at Side Splitters. So like, who are you, who, who were some of those co comedic influences for you? Um, Lynn Coplitz came and destroyed seven shows in a row. And I just loved her so much. Um, I mean, I remember being really obsessed with like David Tell and back in the right. day and George Carlin albums. I remember loving harmful and swallowed like Dane Cook and like, right. these are like things that got me excited about stand up. It was a very exciting time. Um, like Sarah Silverman, Jesus is magic. And I liked Ellen and I liked, um, I just, yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of exciting comedy happening. Now I feel like it's a little overwhelming. Yeah. Anyone feel like there's so much comedy, but I feel like it was like Margaret Cho and Ellen and Sarah Silverman and Chappelle and sure. Chappelle show was, was happening. And I don't know, it was a good time to be like really obsessed with comedy. And then just be like, oh, I'll do it. Oh, it's so cool that I'm different. And now I'm like, oh no, every single comedian is a is is a, a semi-attractive, semi-young woman. <laughs> so I feel like there's no there's nothing more common than a semi-attractive, semi-young female doing comedy. Bring back the old fat guys. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Can we get an old white guy? Come on, Nick. Find some old white guys. Yeah, I'm I don't know. trying to age as quick as I can. I guess there's only like two of them, Brian Callen and Joey Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, performing at Size Splitters this weekend. Together. <laughs> on the Me Too tour. That would be great. Phenomenal. Just whatever. That's pretty funny. That is actually, you don't really hear that. We haven't heard it that often. You know, we've interviewed 150 people over the course of the last year and a half. I don't think anyone, any, anyone has been like, oh, yeah, I was doing stand up at comedy clubs at 17, you know, in a in a big city. I don't think. And I, I really had a, a goal to like, you know, get on TV. And luckily, I mean, there were moments, but I think luckily I didn't like make it really big, really young because right. then it's a whole vibe yeah. and it's a whole shtick that I'm like, I'm so young and I'm funny and I'm putting on a fake Southern accent, <laughs> but it's, I just, I'm looking back. I was really thirsty to be like, I want to get that TV spot. But now I'm like, okay, I want a career. I want a long career where I'm just performing and touring and I don't need anyone thinking God, I'm so over that girl right. <laughs> and be 30. <laughs> and like anyone in their 20s is annoying anyway. So I'm glad that I'm not permanently. No comment, no comment. So you moved to New York. And right? I went to NYU and, and studied theater. Yep. Oh, wow. You went full right in. I was my only way of going to New York because everyone wanted me to go to UF. 
And I really like was obsessed with studying and getting straight A's. And I was like getting a promising, <laughs> a promising young woman in theaters. Right. And then um, I was like, okay, I'll go to, I'll go to like NYU seemed like the right place for a aspiring actress, but really I just used it as a stomping ground to do stand up. Cause not a lot of Jewish girls come to New York city. No, no they're, cause they're already there. <laughs> they're, Long Island's got a, got a thing. They, yeah, they, but I'm so different. I really am. Cause you've got like Miami girls and they're oh, all Miami out. Totally. And then you got the Long Island. And then it's like, there are no Jews in Tampa. So no one could really put me in a box. They're yeah. like, you're a trashy Jew. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not trashy, but I'm super comfortable with a trashy environment. Like I am the most me in a, like a back, you know, two doors down it's, from the club. it's like i grew up in northern jersey where there's obviously a ton of jews right yeah and if if i was ever anywhere and and there was a girl that was jewish that was from like the jersey shore it was like really the jersey shore <laughs> like i didn't know that happened down there right well so I was, pretty- yeah i was the token yeah. i like i had to really own the judaism because i was the token yeah amongst a sea of wasps which i think was good for me that i wasn't just like a billion jews and here i am yeah. i don't think there are a billion jews but um, <laughs> not if we gathered all of them up <laughs> but um there's like nine million and anyways I'm glad I was the token. And I was like, I'm going to teach you guys about Hanukkah. And it was kind of fun. Is that when you started doing or where you start, like, got the performance bug to do, like, the videos that you do, that you that you have and you've done? Because um, like, those are hysterical. I was watching some yeah. of those and, in like, in tears. The one, I would watch most of the ones that were on your website. And the, <laughs> there were two in particular that just completely are spot on and me, me and Nick Nick constantly makes fun of Brooklyn constantly makes fun of Brooklyn mm-hmm. that Brooklyn video that Brooklyn was I mean <laughs> he hasn't seen it yet dead on but the one that spoke to me the most was the J date one where you played yes. like the six different versions of the Jewish girls right yes. and there was one and the only way I think the only people that even get the Persian one are people that spend a lot have spent a lot of time in Los Angeles Yes. Like, and that was me coming to LA and being like, what, honestly, where do I fit in? I'm a Tampa right. Jew. And everyone was like, well, you're kind of Persian, aren't you? And I'm like, sure. And I dated a couple of Persian guys. And I was like, sure, I'm Persian. I, I'm not Persian. Right. No, I- there's a th- Persian is a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. So I was like, yeah, well, I dressed up as Jasmine for Halloween. Like, no, it goes beyond that. <laughs> I dressed up as Jasmine. And so I guess I tried on Persian for size and I was like, hmm not quite and then it's like you meet all these jews that are in um power positions at caa or whatever and i was like that's not me either and then you know i had to go through like you know there's the wandering hippie jewish girl and then then there's the annoying one who really wants to get married and can't stop talking about all of her friends who just got married yep that one that one i know very well oh my gosh that's so interesting yeah my friend who just got engaged yeah it's really exciting like yeah i'm a bridesmaid she like wrote me this cute letter and asked me to be her maid of honor and i was like sure yeah yeah (laughs) and then and then i found exactly what you're talking about you know i was the i was the dirty jewish girl comedian (laughs) you know my favorite i was telling greg earlier was the um the nagging uh, mom mm-hmm. when it's like you should just my grandmother used to say shit like that it was haunting like you should just like like it's just access to anything like, you're like you should just go on snl it's like <sighs> oh sure let me, <laughs> let me I, call I, them I mean, up i can't believe somehow becoming a jewish parent forces you to say words like you should be on snl like 30 times a day and someone needs to like there should be an uh a campaign to be like shut up about snl yeah it's like i I, i've heard stories of uh there was one guy who i listened to this podcast he was talking about his mom was like you know you should be batman for Mm -hmm. the for the movie he's like yeah let me (laughs) let me make a fucking call 
and I'll figure it out. It was, oh, it was Brendan Schaub from Fighter and the Kid. His mom's like, why yeah. aren't you Batman? You're big and athletic. He's like, mom, <laughs> that's not, <laughs> there's Christian Bale. There's other like yeah. you know, legit actors. That- <laughs> I Yeah, there's, I have to say like, I remember we learned this in acting school and it came up recently. If they want a hot girl, they're going to go with a professional hot girl where it, when she walks in the room, like angels cry. If they like they they being the industry will get exactly what they want. So if they want, yeah, it's not going to be you. It's going to be someone way better looking. If they're going for good looking, if they're going for something else, then it's just it's crazy. But you know, the the my mom is now. I don't know. She's been trained to like get excited about nothing. I'm like, mom, I just put out a podcast. She's like, amazing. That's a good mom. That's a supportive mom. Yeah, that's nice. There was a while where it was like, you know, SNL. (laughs) My dad dad asked me once a week, he's like, that thing you do with the podcast, you make any money or? I'm like, not really, man. I just kind of, and he's like, what's the point? And I was like, you should be like, to get on SNL, I'm making phone calls. Yeah. Just fielding the phone calls. All right. So you're at NYU. How much comedy did you do in New York City at that time? Um, I think a lot of comedy. And then I graduated early. I think the first couple months that I was there, I really tried to just avoid comedy because I was a little nervous and I was really entrenched in all the gay men that I was around really (laughs) testing their, their sexuality. I'm like, are you certain you're gay? Um, So every night tests, I have this test. (laughs) Every night I was just running lines with a guy who, you know, I felt like there was some wiggle room in his sexuality. And um, it's funny because I had a few guy friends that, that played the same game on me. They're like, we kind of feel like there's a little wiggle room with you. And I'm like, I'm telling you right now, there's no wiggle room. They did did their best. And Nick has been going at it for, I don't know, two years now. Still no, still no wiggle room, buddy. I'll wiggle you. Right? Everyone's got a little wiggle room. It's true. Um, it's what I learned um, in, in college. Thank God I spent all that money. And yeah. so, you know, uh, after like first semester or something, I decided I was going to do shows at Caroline's. They were like bringer shows, which yeah. I tell people never to do. But it, it gave me confidence to just be on stage in New York city. And then I was just starting, I was like, I'm not never going to do a bringer show again. I think I did like three of them. And I'm like, never ever again. And I told myself, I don't care if I'm doing open mics till I'm 80 years old. I'm not doing a bringer show. Why? Just curious. Okay. Because it feels like a pyramid scheme. You get to do five minutes, but you need to bring 15 people. Okay. I brought 15 people. They all spent $20. They all bought two drinks. Now they're, they're paying 50 or $60 and there's all these people. Okay. Well, do you want to come next week and bring 15 more people? So I was getting people to spend so much money. I wasn't getting paid and I was doing five to 10 minutes. So yeah, I could convince a couple of, of family members from New Jersey or like friends from college, but I was asking them to spend a whole lot of money. I wasn't getting paid and I didn't feel like there was any growth. Right. You know, I was just curious if there was a, that that's of course, you know, a lot of people feel the same way about bringers. But it gave me like the ones that I did, did give me confidence and I got a tape. Yep. So I was and like, yeah, I wasn't going to yeah. get a tape at Caroline's without this bringer. So, you know, the first couple of times were fine. And then I just hit the ground running with every open mic. And, and I went to Eastville, like every single day I would yeah. sign up at Eastville and perform there and try to get up. And then it, and then my world kind of became bigger and bigger and trying to trying to get up i mean i remember there was a open mic at the pit on tuesday night and it was like rapid fire three minutes and it was just every cool comic in town doing three minutes right That's and then cool. they would like light you and yell at you if you went over and just like bring your a game <laughs> yeah that's rough it was, it was really good it right. was rough but it was like people i mean i remember michelle wolf doing those three minutes and and dancing jermaine and um Mike Lawrence and they were killing it in three minutes. And yeah. it was like, that's what you, it, it was a high bar. It was a good right. group of people. I mean, I, I don't remember. You, push, you know, you push each other, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's like you want to, you know, comedians, of course, never want to see their good friends, or at least outwardly do well. You want to make sure you do better than they do. So 
you know, it's like if you're getting three minutes of rapid fire, you want to make sure you go up and, and bring the same heat that they brought. Yes. And you're performing for your peers who are super yeah. judgmental. So if oh, you're totally. getting laughs from these assholes, like yeah. you're going to do great. And yeah. then I feel like it's, I feel like it's the opposite of LA at the time. Cause I visited LA and like did some sets and I felt like people were rambling a little like in, you know, humorously rambling. And I felt like in New York, you, it's like the real estate. It's like, you have three minutes, do five jokes. Right boom, 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 boom. And then get out. And that was like, that was the skill that everyone wanted to see sure. writing. And sure. like, and then in, in LA, I felt like people were kind of working out characters at the time. Yeah. Well, they're all trying to get TV shows. Yeah. And it, it but it was so perfectly, you know, very LA and very New York. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever, do you ever find with doing open mics um, when there's just comics there? Do you find that you'll do jokes there and they'll work and then you try them on a show and not so much because dom comics are a little bit more fucked up. You know what I mean? Like you try, like I, I see it all the time, even at the open mics here. Yeah. Like, like they'll do some like raunchy, whatever ridiculous joke and the comics are like, woo, laughing their ass off and they, they do it in a show. And yeah, absolutely. And it's like the back of the room. Okay. So that worked for them. But I think New York a little bit stays does it work for comedians okay it'll work for the city of new york yeah but i do i think exiting new york because for some reason everyone in new york is like a little bit of a comedy mind like they can take a lot of fucks and a lot of every boundary you want to push i think the average new yorker can handle but then leave new york and they're like why are you only talking about anal sex? I am so confused. Like where, <laughs> I, I really feel like some of the dirtiest, nastiest stuff that gets open micers like losing their minds. Well, we've seen that too. I've seen that too. People from New York that come, it's Connecticut. We're Southern Connecticut. We're, I mean, an hour from the city, even less, whatever. But they come here and they're like, <laughs> they're just talking about like, oh my God, so my vibrator broke the other day. And like, there's a couple moms in the back like... <laughs> <laughs> like 45 yeah. year old blonde hot moms that came in a mercedes they're like i don't care about this huh like fuck right this lady, and then you know? they go home and listen to like what ass pussy really loud, so. <laughs> like, like, make a tiktok with my daughter yeah yeah like, i'm offended and then they <laughs> but do you think that like especially in the city like depending on the room and then what time you're like going on has a substantial difference in the material that you could or would do like the downtown stuff yeah. is different than the uptown stuff and the west side the east side like because it's such a different community in each of those places yeah and then you get okay this room is all tourists okay right. this room is all college students like yeah. two for one drinks like yep. i feel like i see that with new york comedy club like there'll be like college nights and like a little broy, and i'm like yeah. i'm gonna deliver my feminist agenda okay that worked really well in williamsburg but like they're not feeling it in the in the meat packing not the meat right. packing murray hill yeah and then you know i think overall you have to just do you yeah but i definitely feel like every neighborhood has a different vibe i mean the upper west side is its own thing and totally. i like and then the later the show the more people are willing to like let loose it's yeah. crazy and it's just such a psyche thing of being like it's midnight of course talk about your <laughs> yeah of course it's like, yeah. It's what else you do at 30 yeah it's 5 p.m young lady <laughs> have some respect for yourself <laughs> yeah it's like i think that people's you know they clench their butts you just you just have to roll with it and then get get your paycheck i'm also i'm i'm not a comic who's just like okay i'll do whatever i fucking want i'm like i'll do whatever i can make money give me money right oh so, you want me to do it clean okay great i don't i'll pull out some annoying yeah things. i hear i hear stories of comics talking about how they hate corporate gigs and like some comics that get to a level where they'll probably never have to do them again right but you hear like other guys i think i heard brian cowan talking about this he's doing a corporate gig he's like yeah they wanted to give me like 20 grand he's like but i he's like i did it but i fucking hated it and i was like they gave you twenty thousand dollars again and it's just like just what, what's your just reference fucking... though i mean if you're so rich that twenty thousand dollars is just something you can turn away then oh awesome but for me i'm like i got 
I yeah, just I'll do yeah, whatever, whatever you need. Like I'm not. It's not like Kevin Hart would say no to that. Clearly, right? Like, Nick like, would change his grinder profile for twenty thousand dollars. I'll change my I'll change my gender for a sandwich with ten bucks. <laughs> Sloppy yeah. Joe. All right, so let's talk about your comedy special. It's coming out March thirtieth. Mm-hmm. That's like in a month or a I'm half. I'm very excited because we filmed it. It felt like ages ago. Uh, it felt like ages ago because we were in a pandemic and. And we filmed it in July and like, I don't know, it just felt like the end of time. And it was so weird. Oh, my God, we're doing comedy in the apocalypse. Right. And now the apocalypse has become our new normal. And here yeah. we are on Zoom. But those shows looked like they were awesome, right? Like in the they were unreal. Ball, like huge stage, amazing. Yeah, light. I mean, it was so. it was really dope looking, like it really looked amazing. like a good time. I kind of felt like Britney Spears because I had the like the screen behind me. Yeah. Like I have never been on stage with a huge, like a projection that was a hundred times my size behind me. Right. And that was cool. I just wish I was a little skinnier. <laughs> wait, so that must've been the fattest so I've like, ever been. So that was, was like a month after you had a baby. Six weeks postpartum. Yeah. Oh, damn. Well, don't be so hard on yourself. You just gave birth <laughs> to a human being. I know, but it's really the one opportunity I can be like, God, I'm such a fat. <laughs> listen you gave birth to a linebacker i know i gave i gave birth to whatever's gonna win the super bowl and and i think he's gonna play he's they're gonna suit him up i think right he'll warm the bench but it's still a big deal for a jew to be out there <laughs> that's not a sports agent or in the back office or whatever <laughs> but it was it was exciting and at first they were like we're doing the special i believe it was supposed to be april and i was gonna be like nine months pregnant and I couldn't wait. I was going to have a pregnancy special. And then they let me know that they are canceling it due to a little novel COVID Chinese Wuhan virus. <laughs> and <laughs> back, back when it was the China virus. Right. And then, um, oh, and no. then we were going to do it in July. So I was like, awesome. I'll be six months postpartum. <laughs> okay. The pregnancy special has been done. Okay. It's been done. We've seen it pregnant women telling jokes yep. but a postpartum drive-through covid special now that is original <laughs> no one's done that and yeah. hopefully never happen again yeah <laughs> like, so how was it like first how did you get it right so like it was they did that they did four comedian right they taped four specials not the yeah, same day comedy dynamics did my album hebrew school dropout and i loved what they were able to do with it they had it on a lot of Sirius XM and Spotify and Pandora. I mean, whatever. I was very happy with comedy dynamics and I loved having uh, them. I did my album at um, Punchline in San Francisco. So I was so happy. And then a year or so later, I've got all these, I'm, I'm fat and pregnant jokes that I got. And I was like, I want to do another album. And they were like, okay. And then they came back and were like, what about a special? And I'm like, that sounds fantastic. So this was like all pre pandemic. And I was like, right. I'm going to do a pregnancy special. And then it became this drive through. And that freaked me out because that means that I never performed my special in front of human beings. Yeah. And I told, I, again, this is like something I had to explain to my mom. I was like, mom, when people prepare for specials, they go to a hundred different cities on like Aziz Ansari goes on its tour bus and does a yep. hundred or something cities. And then they perform their comedy and do at least two, at least two shows. And I was like, mom, I'm going to be performing this zero times. And I made jokes. I was like, I'll practice in front of a parking lot. Like I got this, but I had to do it in front of cars and the cars were amazing. And the, the one thing I kept asking, I was like, will I ever, will I hear the laughs? And they did something amazing. And I have to give it up for sound engineers of the century. They put microphones in a certain amount of cars. I don't know how many, let's say like 40 cars of right. the 300 cars. And then they um, played the feedback up to me on stage so I could hear the laughter inside of cars. Wow. That's cool. Did you hear anyone talking to each other in their cars? There, I didn't hear anyone talking, but I definitely heard like a, oh my God, really? Like there were a couple of reactions, but it wasn't, It. I mean, there was a lot of dogs. There was like several dog cutaways. Wow. I think people were happy. They're in their cars. They were hitting 
bongs. I saw someone smoke out of a bong and then they had their dogs with them and they were like watching comedy from the trunk or, you know, they made it like a, it felt very, um, grease. Yeah. I mean, all, all the pictures I saw from it just made me jealous that I couldn't get out there to go to one of them. And it just looked visually awesome. So I can't wait to see what it looks like on, you know, when it comes out in a couple months. I mean, it's going to be awesome. So many cameras and yeah. rigs and drones. And I was just like, I honestly was so happy to have left the house. Yeah, right. I How did you so practice good. for it? Like, did you do Zoom stuff? I did. It was kind of before I felt like Zoom was happening, maybe yeah. a little bit. But yeah, I did four Zoom shows. And one of them was just for my husband's two sisters right. who have good laughs. And I was like, I need you to just. It's literally three person Zoom and I'm going to I'm going to go through the whole album. And then I did one where I had people, right. you know, like probably like 60 people watching on Zoom. It's so annoying when people mute on Zoom. I understand why you're muting on Zoom. I get it. You want to mute yourself. But I find it really frustrating because I'm like, I need feedback. This is why I asked you to be on a Zoom call or else I would, I would just tell these jokes to my computer screen. <laughs> Did you run it with your husband? Yes. And I did it like it was a monologue. It was embarrassing to even admit, like I ran it like it was a play and I was studying Shakespeare. Yeah. And I am not someone who likes to do that. I like to perform something so many times that it's in my bones right. and I'm, yeah. and then I'm playing around on stage. And instead I was like, oh no, I have to memorize right. this. Yes. Like it's a like it's a play because I am getting zero times to practice. And then one time we went on a walk with the baby and again, like six week old child was screaming <laughs> and crying. And I was like, I'm going to kill myself. This I was like struggling with the baby crying so annoying and so loud and just trying to rehearse. So I think if you can perform jokes over a screaming baby, you can do it to cars. Yeah, you can do it to cars and put out a special. <laughs> yeah, like what is life? But the one thing I was really proud of myself, I had an incident on the plane ride over and I told the story and I would have, I don't know where I got this confidence. I think it was the pandemic energy. I'm like, who cares? Right. And right. so I just winged an entire chunk and it was probably my favorite part of the special. Oh, well, and is, is it in? Is it? Did they yeah. That's cool. And it was, it was about, it was about, I was on the plane and they, because of COVID didn't have any food whatsoever on the plane. And I was freaking out. I was starving and it's a six hour flight. That's terrible. And I had to pump and drink my own breast milk. (laughs) (laughs) And that means that some dude on the plane watched a woman in a mask pump and drink her own food. And that made me feel. Stop. Well, Esther, it was good talking to you. <laughs> um. I swear, I swear, I'm not even like a granola mommy. Like I would never have done that, but I needed, I needed nourishment. So you really did that? That's a true story. Absolutely, I was starving. I can't. I was starving, and I was hormonal, and my boobs were hurting. So I had to pump them. By the way, coming from Tampa, the whole like booby titty nipple, like right. it's so very Tampa to talk about titties and it's so very motherhood and it all came together on that flight from tampa to la i was like i've seen women flash my whole life like i can whip out a boob pump some milk and drink it did you freak the guy out sitting next to you i mean i'm sure i did like i've been on a lot of planes and seen a lot of things and i've not seen that one yet and I mean, I've seen people, people, of course, you know, like breastfeeding their child. Yeah, no, I didn't even have a kid with me. I, I was a woman without a child just drinking I my own milk. Do not know what I would do <laughs> if I'm sitting on a flight and the woman next to me just starts milking herself <laughs> and then drinks it. I would swear to fucking God that I was being punked and that there is cameras someplace waiting for me to throw a fucking shit fits. <laughs> what if she was like, do you, I'm sorry, I'm being rude. Do you want some? I, you'd have to ask that question. Like, how did you not ask him if he wanted to share some? There were a couple seats over, but in general, I mean, 
Uh, that is a good time all around for so many different reasons. It was fun. And then that's the kind of joke that I'm proud of because it, it was a little shameful to admit, but I think that it, the payoff was nice. Oh my God. A, I can't wait to see that on the special. Yeah. And my, oh, and I, I don't know why I'm going to harp on this. I was pumping at the time and like breastfeeding. And so I wore this low cut dress for my special because I had this huge belly and my legs were huge and everything was not what I wanted it to look like. So the only way that I knew how to look good was to distract everyone with just the largest tits on the planet. (laughs) Story of my life. Honestly, that was my, that was like my outfit choice was I'm just going to put on Spanx and then just drape the titties out and like tell some jokes. And I'm actually like, I didn't, I don't look skinny. I don't look super like hot girl, but I look so voluptuous. So I'm hoping that, you know, that that'll sell some. What's the special called? (laughs) It's called burning bush. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That's That's great. That's so fucking good. Between the, I don't know what's better, the breast milk story or uh, this is <laughs> well, it's you know, it's it's so. I tried to make it really, really be about what was going on in my life in this small section of. I got married. I got pregnant on my wedding night. Had the baby in the middle of a pandemic, and I wanted to, you know, I talk about like COVID and being pregnant. I talk about like worrying about my um, perineum, like breaking open. <laughs> what if, did, when you told Brian, did like, did, did Brian, did you and Brian have like a Zoom sit down meeting about like, all right, we're going to now come up with a funny title for this. And then you, did you just be like, this is what we're going to call it? Like, what was his reaction? No, it was no, no one. The funny thing is no one, I don't know if people know how to handle me. People don't even have a conversation with me. I just send emails being like, and this is the name of it. And I'm going to do this. And they're like, okay, fine. And I think that they are scared of me. They're like, this is the crazy girl (laughs) who drinks her breast milk. Let's not say anything. And we'll just. Whatever you want, whatever you want. But it came from. It was because one of my jokes is that my son's name is Moses because he entered the world through a burning bush. Right. And I felt like that joke got a good amount of laughs. And I felt like, all right, that's, that's the it. title. And so, it, it the first album was um, Hebrew School Dropout. So I do feel like Burning Bush. Title. Right. Burning Bush kind of is the tradition. You know, it, I've graduated right. to a. Did you have a, a bat mitzvah? Absolutely. Okay. Ask me my theme. What's your theme? Hollywood. Sure. <laughs> Did everybody I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be Tampa titties. <laughs> Did everybody get a little like um, Oscar award as a, as a gift? No, we did like a fake red carpet. And right. I think I really wanted to just be like a Joan Rivers, like interviewing people on the red yeah, carpet, yeah. but it was so cheesy. Like every little girl is like, I don't, you know, I don't know about everyone, but the lame girls are like, my, my theme is Hollywood. Cause I want to be a star. And now looking back, it probably should have been like more West Hollywood. <laughs> or like, <laughs> maybe Los Feliz, like not Hollywood. The WeHo yeah. <laughs> version of a bat mitzvah. That's awesome. So before we go, I, I am curious. So you guys named your son Moses. Yeah. Right. Just- yeah, we're, so having, we're experimenting with, yeah. So when you guys, how did you decide on that name? And then did you think about how he's going to go through life with that name? <laughs> well, um, yeah, I think we it's thought... an awesome name. I think that is, is an absolutely killer name to name a boy. That boy is going to be a badass. It is not a, right? a wonder why that boy is big at six and a half months or seven months old, right? Like that boy is living up to the name. I appreciate that. I think, I, uh, first of all, the M is like an important part. So my husband's mom passed away and she was an M name. It was right. Marcia. So we had, this is what you have to do. You got a name after and honor someone. Sure so is. we needed an M and then somehow we were both like, 
Moses is the perfect name. And at first it was kind of a joke, like Moses Steinberg Garden Swartz, like what a hefty name. Um, but oh, that's all the letters, by the way. you have all the letters, right? Triple letter score. I mean, we are winning Scrabble. So, and, and then we really liked Moses. And then the tricky part was the middle name, because I mean, I'm, t- I'm being honest for like three months, I convinced my husband that we were going to name him Moses LeBron. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was like LeBron. And then I tried to put the connection like LeBron's from Cleveland. He left, he came back. Um, he, I don't know. He it parted a, the seas in Miami. Right. I, I tried really hard and it didn't work, but for some reason that was like funny to me. And then I was like, no, we can't do a funny, silly goof name. We need, so we went with Benjamin and I feel like that's like a good option if he's like really sick of Moses, but I think he's going to be a, an amazing Moses. And I don't know why more people, I, they name him Moshe. And I was like, his name is Moses. He lives in Brooklyn. Right. He's the landlord. <laughs> Well, he's going to be a comedian. There's no question that kid's going to be a comedian whose name is going to be Moses Benjamin. That's his stage name, Moses Benjamin. It's, no, it's coming to the stage, Big Mo. You know, yeah, he'll do. Big Mo. He'll do the black circuit. He'll be like Big Mo. And like, <laughs> then this Jewish kid comes out. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I but I really wanted a boy so badly. Right. I like oh, I have sisters it. and they have there's so many women in my family that I was like, I need a boy really bad. Well, you owned and own the strongest name possible. I don't I know. really thank you. I appreciate that. Than that. I asked if we could name it magic. <laughs> and my, I was like, well, why not magic garden swords? You know, oh, and then um, I was told by my husband that you don't get the name magic you earn the name magic is he from la is noah from l no he's from denver but he's a huge sports fan but i was like you know what if his nickname becomes magic fine that'll be great but i kind of like the idea that you have to earn the name magic it's kind of true like you do have to earn that but that would have been a killer name too that's so (laughs) maybe if he has a brother i don't know we're already we're already on to thinking about the next kids you just have you have to make me like one promise. If he does go into comedy, you guys have to start telling him now he can't go up on stage and 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 do one of the like the hey, I know, you know, I'm Irish jokes. Mm. <laughs> like most yeah. Benjamin Garchworth. <laughs> I have a joke about how he flips like his legs over and then I get mad and I go, Jesus Moses. And I just <laughs> <laughs> don't feel like it's inclusive enough so i add muhammad <laughs> well you just got your next kid's names yeah exactly oh the other kids you know and it's so funny like he's to even think like more kids because he's the center of attention he's super attention hungry like he wants all eyes on him and he wants to like crawl and bust through stuff I wonder. And by the way, his shoulders are enormous. We all wish we had his shoulders and they, I did have a C-section. I feel like, I feel like anyone looking at my child's photos also is imagining like a shredded pussy. Oh, I don't think it was like, I never even questioned that that wasn't a C-section child. Yeah. I wanted a, I wanted like a fun granola water birth, but I mean, if, it was not in the cards. I don't know. Yeah. It's certainly looking at the boy now. That would shred something. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's a lot of fun. I've, I started to do videos where he's holding like a toy microphone and then I'll do like jokes in the background, but I haven't really, I feel like we have a couple more years till we can really capitalize on how to, I'm clearly way more of the stage mom and his dad is like, absolutely not. He cannot right. be on camera. We need to give him a childhood. Yeah, that makes sense. So what are you guys going to do? Like what's coming up? Obviously a special. You have your podcast, which we didn't really get a chance to talk about. But I have a, a well, so I have a special on my podcast. We're, we're actually writing together and we write shows and movies together and we have a good time doing that. A lot of it's like based off our life. Like we wrote a movie about our open relationship when a couple years back and we have a good time at home, but we're just surviving this pandemic. And I love the, 
the podcast is taking a lot of my time and I'm interviewing every female comedian who's had a baby. And apparently there's a million of them. There's a lot. And I want to know their stories and their, it's funny because I feel like moms are judgmental and, and scared or nervous to talk about like what really happens and female comedians are just ruthless. They'll just had any head on any of the, the, my two moms, not them as a group. I don't know who that is, but like, uh, like Judy Gold or Jess Kirsten or any of those guys? Uh, they are on my list. I've been in contact, but we have not done an episode and I cannot wait. So especially, well, Judy Gold is like goals because her son, like whatever she did, she she did an amazing job because I think her son's like playing basketball on a scholarship or something. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So and, um, I think you and Jess Kirsten would have... <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fun one to listen to. I mean, I can't wait. I've been contacting her. She's a very busy woman. And yeah. I will one I will get her in the near future and, and ask her every question about being a mom. She seems like the most fun mom, but I do wonder if she's can be like a tough mom. I think she probably is. Like you should get a Gina Bri- Brion. Yeah, we've had Gina and she was, you had she was her? incredible. Yeah. And Dude. me and her are like pretty close our kids are pretty close in age she has the most hilarious birthing story it was like an accident and it was so funny all she gave us was her doctor sucked and she hated him and i remember yes and i i i literally was like tell me everything and i want you to say his name say it say like i i i want details that the everyone else is scared of i'm like tell me everything about your vagina how does it feel that's what I do on first dates. I'm still single. It's weird. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been a blast to hear from comedians. They're crazy. Yeah. For, amen to that. The cum, the cum jokes go full circle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all these comedians, are, you know, they're talking about cum and this and that. And then it's, you know, the other side. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's is everybody is pregnant. Yep. So That's when, how, how similar are you and Noah? We're not similar at all. I'm say. like, I'm annoying and clingy and I don't shut the hell up. I'm like, I have a, I, I like to think about intuition and, <laughs> and I like horoscopes. He's from Denver and he just wants to, he just doesn't want to be bothered. He just wants to watch sports and just please just leave me alone for a second. And that's it. But he's a, an incredible father. Like he wakes up, feeds him, changes him, does the laundry, makes the food for him. Like he, he's nailing it. I thought he was going to be pretty good, but he's like kind of showing me up. Sometimes I feel like he does more than me. <laughs> he doesn't pump his own breast milk on an airplane and drink it. That, that he doesn't is do. That, that is true. true. <laughs> if he does, I don't want to know about it. He was very supportive on the breast milk journey. <laughs> and I did um, like a lactation consultant on the internet. And again, it's like my boobs were on the internet and I was paying money. So <laughs> Perfect. It's been, he's just been so game for, he's very supportive and he's like, yeah, let's have more. So that's, I mean, I don't know what we're thinking. We're like, we're still living like comedians, you know, like, okay, we'll go back to Brooklyn. We'll swing by this city. Like we're, we don't have a home. Right. So I think it would be smart for us to get like a home. So when are you guys coming back to New York City or are you just winging it? Oh no, we're coming back February 1st and he is working for Maisel. They've been on Zoom. Right. Doing a writer's room. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Yep. Are they so it's filming? Aren't they in like they're filming, right? Yeah, they're filming. They're just getting it done. I mean, it's crazy to be uh I think yeah, I think Amazon and they're just like, well, yeah, let's go, let's do it. So they have to do every test and every quarantine. I mean, the yeah. precautions oh, are I know. outrageous. I know. We're on it and it's, it's insane. And before we go, what you guys met on a podcast, right? Yeah, we met on Yamanika's podcast. Oh, okay. Because we were on Ian's show, I that came up and I wanted to know which one it was. And now I know. 
Yamanika's podcast. It's called Noah Will You Marry Me, which is crazy. And look what happens. And I, yeah, I guess I like, he had a, a, a badass Jew vibe, like a Jewish guy with a bunch <laughs> of tattoos. And I was like, I kind of like that. Well, we answered all the questions. Not all. <laughs> no further questions. <laughs> oh, no, there's going to be further. We'll have a <laughs> for sure. But listen, thank you very much for thank spending you. the evening with us. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was cool. It was cathartic. Yeah. So we'll leave on good luck with the game this weekend. No, next week, two weekends, right? Two weekends. Thank you so much. Um, and stay healthy, you and your big baby and your, your boy husband. Yes. Uh, and that's it. Nick, you got anything before we wrap? That's it. Thank you so much for doing this, taking time out. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Can't wait to see this special and yeah. Not sure how I'm going to process the drinking your own breast milk on an airplane thing as I call When it. in doubt, just stare at my tits. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> you have a good night. <laughs> thank you. Good, good night. Hi, Esther. Thank you. Bye. Bye.